This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Uh, Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Greg Hoffman, Logan Paulson. Uh, don't miss us Sunday. Take a man pregame show. We're live at Tap Sports Bar, MGM National Harbor. Uh, that is a 10 a.m. start on the radio and on the YouTubes. Uh, and then, of course, you can come hang out with us starting at 11 when the doors open out there in Oxon Hill. All right, to the offensive side, Logan, uh, this Atlanta defense has been pretty solid uh, for yeah. much of the year. They also were helped a lot by the style of play that they have on the other side of the ball. They're sure. not on the field nearly as much because the time of possession and how much they run it uh, is helpful uh, to stay fresh. Um, so that's that's the, the good news for the Atlanta defense. Uh, the bad news is they've got a lot of firepower to deal with. Um, and it seems like, the, I don't know, the Washington offense is going to have some drives in a game where yeah. they are they are clicking Rolling, yeah. um and the question is can they score before something goes wrong on them uh but what do you see defensively from atlanta um so this, i think a bit of a different look than anything washington seen this year yes yeah, so this was a really interesting film study because you're watching the film and you're like i know this defense like i know it i can't pinpoint exactly like the coverages aren't the same and then i was like who what's going on here so i looked it up and the um the defensive coordinator was the d-line coach in new orleans and when that when I read that, I was like, oh, that makes 100% sense. Like, they play a New Orleans style of football, a New Orleans defensive style of football. And what I mean by that is they are fast and they are physical. They're not overly complicated. They don't bring a ton of pressure. But they, what they, they're good at what they do. They don't mess around. They play hard in a way that is is unique to that system. Like talk about guys that know exactly what they're supposed to do. Well, you can tell they know exactly what they're supposed to do. They run a lot of two-man or they ran a lot of two-man against Houston and makes a lot of sense. New Orleans, I think they had like a 40% two-man uh, execution rate like in last year. So that's a big part of what they want to do. They're very aggressive with it. They get up and press. They're and. And so it, that that should just inform the style of defense you're going to see. And um, I think obviously, in, in uh, when they, for me, when I look at this, I say, well, if they're going to play two man, you should run the football, 
And if they're going to play two man, you should either spread them out to create space or get into tight bunches to create picks. So I think that's what you're going to see from them. I think they've got some really good players. Bates, the safety number three. Like Great every player. time you watch the game, it's like that's an excellent tackle. Who made that tackle? Oh, three made that tackle. Oh, that's an excellent play on the football. Who made that play? That's number three. So he's a guy that jumps off the screen when you're watching and is going to, I think, bait a young quarterback into making a mistake in this game. Like that's just what like his skill set dictates. I'm not saying that, that Sam's going to have a bad game, but – Sam has to be acutely aware of the type of player that he's dealing with in the back end. So um, really aggressive, very physical, very confident, much like the offense, right? They're like, they are here to play football, put your mouthpiece in, buck your chin strap. Let's go have a good time. And then on third down, again, they're not doing anything overly complicated, but they do throw in these really unique coverage structures. And when I mean unique, I mean unique. So for example, like in uh, against Houston, on the second or third um, third down of the game, they play man underneath. They drop a safety like 20 yards. He's almost off the screen in the all 22. And then they take the two safeties and they drop them into lurk and they just match the quarterback size. So they're able to flood zones and there's really nowhere to go with the football. And the reason they're able to do that is because they play a lot of drop eight. So drop eight means that instead of rushing four, they're dropping out in a coverage. And again, they do blitz. But it's not like this crazy kamikaze blitz look. It's like I think in the Houston game they blitz twenty five to twenty seven percent of the time, so not a lot. Um, and they don't have a high blitz rate. They don't have a high success rate on blitzes. But they're just a fast, physical bunch of dudes that throw in enough wrinkles and know what they do on a down to down basis to be problematic. So that's what I think of this group. I wonder if they blitz more because everyone seems to blitz this team more because the Commanders mm-hmm. don't handle blitz as well. Um, yeah. But it's also funky because they play a three-four front, um, so they you've got a little bit of a different. Uh, at least that's that, how they're they're listed. I know um, they're listed as a three-four, and so I was expecting three, and they have three-four personnel. Like yeah. So, but when you turn on the film, they're in four down a lot, and it's like a, an unusual four down. It's more, like a fit, more of like a nickel type of situation, or nickel situations for sure. And then against Houston, it's not you know your two fours, so you know your tackles play or your ends playing over the tackles and your true nose. It's they're playing like a 55 front. So think old like Baltimore Ravens where the Sam linebackers on the ball, the defensive ends in a five technique. So in between the tackle and the tight end, they have a three technique to that side. Then they have a backside shade. So they've kind of stacked. It looks like there's they're covered up in every gap across the front. And that's a little unusual. And that's how Baltimore used to play those fronts. And it makes it challenging to, to find combinations in the run game. So they they understand where they're weak in that cover two structure and so they've put this front in to basically say like we're going to match up we're going to have a whole bunch of one-on-ones one of our guys is going to win and if they don't win like in the houston game for example they they give up explosive runs because it's literally like there's a line of people one linebacker if you block the linebacker no one's going to make the tackle except for Bates, who's you know in cover two he's 15 yards down the field so you know that's a tough tough thing to do but that that's kind of again to your point like they're listed everything they have three four personnel the whole deal but it's not your traditional three four structure hey everyone this is brett boone would you know it i've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year tune in as i sit down with my friends some of the biggest names in sports media entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations as you know baseball's been my life it's been in the family for a long time but it's a lot more than that here it's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
Yeah, and this is why, you know, you hear coaches and like Sam Howell when he's at the podium talk about like fronts all the time, like what they're listed out is on paper, like how does it actually play? Um, And, you know, that changes week to week. And, you know, that's where EB's got to try to figure out what's the best way to attack it. Um, And I do wonder if there's going to be more running this week. Um, Maybe. And that that comes from Ron Rivera's comments. Um, You know, basically since BNME was hired, he has said like, Anything that's offensive, question-wise, from from the press, it's been like, uh, you know, whatever EB thinks is best. And for the first time this week, he was like, "Yeah, I think we need to find some balance running the football." Um, and it's kind of around all the the stuff with Sam, where he's taking all these yeah. hits, and it's like, "Oh, he only he only took five sacks. That's a good game. Um, yeah. That can't be that can't be the standard." And so I I do think from both helping out the defense, um, which could use some of the same help that Atlanta's defense gets. Yeah. Um, to making sure that there's not too much on Sam's plate, to not exposing Sam to as many hits. Like, I do wonder if Ron's going to start, and I think this is a good thing. Um, I know everyone's like, whatever EB says all the time, but like, if Ron leans on EB a little bit to say, like, hey, man, we got to get, one, we got to get B Rob the ball more because he's one yeah. of our best weapons. Uh, and he's not touching the ball enough. And two, like, we got to play a more team game. I'm down with running the football a little bit more and, and a team, even if they've got some tricky fronts like that, that definitely no. presents a different challenge. But like if they play a lot of too high, um, that's just not a, like the numbers are in your advantage. You just got to figure out how to block it up with the funky fronts to, to be assignment discipline and take advantage of it. Yeah. Like for example, Houston had a fullback in and it's literally like everyone just blocked their guy up front and then the fullback blocked the mic and then there's nobody for the running back. So mm-hmm. the second they broke through that line, uh, that weird kind of front. It's not a weird front. It's you know it's a it's a run stopping front. Once you get through the defensive line and the fullback blocks the mic, there's, there's nobody there. There's nobody that's, there. That's what happens when when too high. Yeah, correct. So I think um, I think that's definitely something you want to see. Also, I think again going back to the game flow thing, this team is not they shouldn't run away from you from a score standpoint. So that's mm. one thing as a coordinator you can kind of keep that in your back pocket and say I don't need to keep pace with Buffalo. I don't need to keep pace with Philly, for example. And I think you saw a more balanced game flow in the Philly game from EB in terms of runs and passes because they've got a lead. They can He can be a little bit more conscientious and conservative with that stuff. And I think this game lends itself to that. I don't know how they're going to run the ball. Like, you know, obviously Houston, they had a fullback. They got all this stuff going on there. I don't think they're going to do that. When I look at how they played empty, for example, in their two-man, it creates a lot of space to get out of that weird front. So I think maybe that's how they run the ball, like from offset gun runs and, and finding space in that way because it's still two-man. It's just spread out a little bit more. So take yeah. advantage of that. So I think um, we'll, we'll see how they choose to do that, but I definitely think running the football versus these split safety structures should be a bigger priority this week especially. Yeah, I, I think that's smart all the way around. Uh, we'll see, obviously um, – you know, Terry's had uh, some days against Jeff Okuda in the past, his former yeah. college teammate. So, like, you like some of the matchups on the outside for sure. Um, but can you uh, can you take advantage of of running the football for all the reasons that we've talked about? All right, anything else uh, from from this game that is worth flagging? Yeah, I mean, uh, we mentioned the offensive line. Uh, there are matchups. I think I think this week the offensive line outside of uh, Grady Jarrett, it's it's good, a good defensive front, but not great outside of him. In the back end, I think you mentioned Akuda. AJ Terrell is obviously a good football player. Yeah, he's really good. Their nickel, I forget his name at the moment, is a very good football player. So, you know, Fred was saying because those coverage guys are pretty good, is it, you know, a Deami Brown, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, um, 
you know, even Gibson game, who's going to draw a matchup in one-on-one coverage versus a linebacker or Brian Robinson. Like, I think that's really good insight by him. And I think, again, in those man situations, spread them out, find your best matchup, let that guy win. So I think you might see something like that. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, that is our show. For more preview, if somehow this wasn't enough, and even if it was and you just want more, uh, we can talk about it on Sunday. Uh, the Take Command pregame show is live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 on the radio and on YouTube starting at 10 a.m. Uh, and then, of course, it's it's you can come watch us in person. Uh, it's live at Tap Sports Bar, MGM National Harbor, so we will see you guys then and there. Well, we will be back for our post-game show this week. It'll probably be a little bit later. Uh, that's going to be news to Logan, so I'm going to confirm a time before I say it on the uh, on the podcast here. But I got something Sunday afternoon uh, so that we're not going to be able to go 90 minutes after kick. But uh, be a little bit later. But we will have a live stream, and we will make sure to put it out on social media uh, when that is going to happen. So. Uh, we will see you then for podcast land. We'll see you on the radio before. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show and uh, leave a comment on YouTube or leave a review for us in your favorite podcast app uh, to let us know what you thought. Unless it's me, then don't do that. All right, we'll see you the, uh, next time on Take Care.